Welcome to The Lab. What's going on, all you Brainiacs out there? And welcome back to yet another episode of the Fantasy Football Laboratory. I'm your host, the King of Trade, Shane Palma, joined as always by Spitfire Lucas Parrish. What's going on, guys? And the chemist, Jack McGrath. Shane, how are we doing today? It is so hot in my room. It could be because it's like 90 degrees here, or it could be because the Knicks just won a playoff game. I don't know. New York's on fire right now. New York is on fire. (laughs) That is absolutely insane. 90 degrees. I mean, it's been warm here. I'm I'm back in Missouri. I've returned from LA. It's been warm in Missouri, but not quite 90. Not 90. Been been nice and warm. I might be exaggerating. It feels like 90 in here. There's a few factors that I'm putting into that. Well, I think it's look good, though. Your Knicks yeah. look really good right now. They're playing some Tom Thibodeau, hard-nosed, hardcore basketball. I'm liking what I'm like, seeing from them. I look like a genius. I bought tickets to Game 5 a week ago when they were $230, which seems like a lot. But, I want, A, I wanted to go to the game. And, B, I knew it was an investment that would be worth making because if they won – or, you know, the first game in the series, or, or they had it tied going into that that game five, I could probably resell the tickets for a lot. Tickets are currently going for $430. Yep. yep. That, that's a good investment right, right there. there. But I assume you're going to go. I assume you're not going to resell the tickets. I mean, the atmosphere there was incredible. That's oh, my God. I live for that stuff. So. Could you, and, and we haven't gotten the opportunity to experience that in a year and a half. And now we're all vaccinated. So we're, we're good it, to go. All vaccinated sections. It's going to be a raucous crowd at MSG, and I absolutely cannot wait to go. Oh, um, you know, besides the Knicks and my room and and everything else, the NFL is on fire. It is. Oh boy, it, it, it's a, it's a it's like one of those low burns. It's not like the it's not hot hot uh, like some of these other things. But I don't know if you guys have been following up. Did you guys see what I tweeted today uh, on the lab with AJ Brown? Yes, yes, about his uh, his TikTok trying to get Julio Jones. That was funny. That was really funny. He is trying hard to recruit Julio Jones. I saw understandably so jersey and everything. AJ That's the Brown. best fantasy spot for him. Woo. Not for, for AJ Julio. Brown. I, I, we talked about that. Oh, no, not for AJ Brown. I mean, it doesn't hurt him that much. That's the thing. But like, it does. It, it it drops him from like five to eight or something like that. Nothing crazy. But Julio, absolutely. That's. I mean, there's no spot better than Atlanta for Julio. But if he had to go somewhere, it doesn't get much better than the Titans. Let's talk about that. We didn't talk about this last time, but I want to start with this just for a second because as we get into these later rounds, we're going to see more quarterbacks go. If Julio leaves Atlanta, what I have to assume that drops Matt Ryan a little bit in our rankings. He's losing a pretty significant weapon there on the offense, but. Ryan Tannehill, who's a guy, I mean, I, I didn't have Tannehill outside of my top 14. I think I have him exactly at 14 right now. Yeah. I think the difference, though, between Tannehill and Matt Ryan of, of moving Tannehill up like a, a few spots ahead of some of these guys is the presence of Derrick Henry. Like Matt Ryan doesn't have a Derrick Henry in his backfield, and you already know that the Falcons are going to be throwing a lot because they have those weapons to throw to. Tannehill's going to have A.J. Brown. He's going to have Julio Jones. But Derrick Henry is still forced there. That's going to take some touches away. Where would Tannehill move up your guys' rankings if they added in Julio Jones? Frankly, he he flip flop with Matt Ryan. For me, he's a top ten quarterback. Then for me, I you look at Ryan Tannehill's numbers last year. He was a quarterback one. He was a starting quarterback on your team, and he was consistent. He did that with Corey Davis and AJ Brown. Now he has AJ Brown again. He'll have Derrick Henry in his backfield again. He prov- he provided QB one value last year with Derrick Henry in his backfield with a primarily running offense. And now you bring in Julio Jones instead of Corey Davis, it upgrades the offense quite a bit. 
overall, I think it flip-flops them, and I would put Ryan Tannehill as a solid starting quarterback and Matt Ryan as a very, very solid backup. Look, I just recently, before these Julio rumors ever got, you know, serious, before he went on or not, he didn't go on before, what, Shannon Sharp called him up and said, hey, Julio, are you going to be in Atlanta? And Julio's like, nah, fam. Before that, I essentially did flip-flop Matt Ryan and Ryan Tannehill. I had Tannehill at 10. I thought, mm, that's a little bit high. And I had Matt Ryan at 14. I was like, mm, that's a little bit low. So I did essentially flip-flop them. And now I have Ryan at 10 or Tannehill at 14. But I have a feeling if, if Julio goes there, like what Jack said, those will probably revert back to where they were because that's just a phenomenal spot for Julio. Well, I overall love Ryan Tannehill. I don't know if you guys remember our first mock draft that we did a while back, a couple months ago. I took Ryan Tannehill much higher than most of the other starting quarterbacks. I'm pretty sure I took him as a top eight quarterback because I think that's how good his numbers could be next year. I, overall, weapon, he's consistent. Without Julio, the weapons aren't there for him to sustain near those numbers. They lost Johnny Smith. They, they lost Corey Davis. That That's significant. Uh, I mean, we want A.J. Brown to become this target monster, this monster for fantasy, but that's not going to translate for, for Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, they look, Ryan, Josh Reynolds, though. And that, Ryan, that's, that, oh, my gosh. That's not Josh that significant. He's fine. Serviceable. He's going to be serviceable for fantasy football. If they he's don't as serviceable as Corey Davis was. No, no he's worse. It's close. I'm not no, he's not. Worse. Corey, Davis, Corey Davis has way more talent. The problem was he never managed to achieve that or achieve that ceiling. He never managed to realize that talent as the wide receiver one. As the wide receiver two, we saw that Josh Reynolds does not have anywhere near the ceiling that Corey Davis does. Not saying he's not a serviceable wide receiver. He's just, as a wide receiver two, it's not the best option. As a wide receiver three, suddenly with Julio Jones at two and A.J. Brown at one, there's a little bit of a different story. Johnny Smith, 65 targets, 40-some, 41 receptions, and eight touchdowns there for Ryan Tannehill basically on the offense. So that also, besides Corey Davis, is pretty, pretty significant. Yep. We're getting ready to move on to that mock draft now. Yeah, you know what? I, I, you know, I always stall long enough, and then we always somehow run out of time. Where are we right now? Does well, that, did I just pick Dak Prescott? Was that no, our last I, selection? I just picked Leonard Fournette. That's oh, that's right. And now it's Jack's turn? Leonard Fournette's falling. Leonard Fournette is falling. He's one of the names that I talked about in the tweet that I put out the other day because I did roughly eight to ten more mock drafts since our last video. And I've done a couple. I've done a couple since then as well. And Ronald Jones is has made his way above Leonard Fournette. And, I mean, rightfully so. In the fantasy season last year, Ronald Jones was a better running back than Leonard Fournette. He was utilized more. It was just the playoff time Leonard Fournette was using the passing game. He was their primary bell cow back. Uh, people just seem like they want to go back to that. Well, it's not something that I am particularly interested in. Like, I'm not drafting Ronald Jones above Kareem Hunt. I'm not drafting Ronald Jones above Travis Etienne. I'm not going to do it. I really no. am not. Maybe above Etienne, but not above Kareem Hunt. I, I, for sure. I just don't understand. I mean, I mean, it's a it's a similar situation in my mind. Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette to Travis Etienne and James Robinson at this point. I don't know what to expect, and for that reason, I'm not particularly keen on pick or, or giving up a high round pick for either I, of them. I the sixth round pick, there's yeah. a high. A sixth round is a high pick for a Travis Etienne type running back. You're taking a big risk on someone who is more likely than not going to be in quite the committee. Yes, but we already know that Ronald Jones is also going to be in a committee. I mean, in, sure. Tampa, Bay, in Tampa Bay, there. here's what I'm seeing with, with Jacksonville, and here's the differences, and I think we can break it down to three running backs. I'm going to throw Keyshawn Vaughn out the window for a second because I don't know what he's going to do next season. For the Jacksonville Jaguars, you have Carlos Hyde. You kind of know what you're going to get out of him. I'd say maybe, what, four touches, five touches a game, maybe? No, no, no not even. 
No he, way. He's not going to touch the ball at all in most games. I don't know. I'd, I'd say he averages at least three touches per game. We'll, we'll put it that. We'll say three. Okay. James Robinson, I'd say at least 10, at the least, 10 touches a game. Travis Etienne, especially since he's also going to play wide receiver, he's going to be playing wide receiver. I'd say you can make a case for him to get at least 10 touches a game. He's going to be the PPR guy. He's going to be the one that's catching the ball. That's the focus there. For the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you have Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, and Giovanni Bernard. They made yeah. a case to go out and get Giovanni Bernard to be their pass-catching running back. Yeah. Because obviously, Leonard Fournette didn't show enough when it came to catching the ball. Even though they tried they tried to make it a pass-catching running back, it really didn't translate well. So you have Ronald Jones now third on that list of three for guys that are going to catch the ball out of the backfield. That hurts his value. That's what puts Etienne above him, for me at least right now, in PPR. Here's, here's I, I agree with you. Absolutely, I agree with you. The problem is when it comes to that Tampa Bay situation, here are, there are two scenarios that are going to happen. And, and it's gonna, I, I would put a lot of money that it's one of these two scenarios and nothing else. You've got Giovanni Bernard. No matter what, Giovanni Bernard is going to catch the majority of the passes in that backfield. We talked about it a lot last season how they just don't have a pass catching back. They went out, got Gio Bernard. Now they've got that pass catching back. I thought they were going to get James White. It's fine. I'm only a little bit salty. I really wanted James White there. That would have been awesome. That would have been awesome for fantasy. That would have been a lot of fun. I would have been riding the James White train. Obviously not doing that because he's still with the Patriots. You're going to have either a situation where Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones split 50-50 touches, right? One of them takes first down. One of them takes second down. Giovanni Bernard takes third down. Obviously, it's not going to be exactly like that. But you get what I'm, I'm painting the picture of. That would be the worst situation for fantasy. Not a single one of those guys would be fantasy relevant at all if that happened. Or you're going to have one of them actually take over this backfield. And if that's the case, it's just a crapshoot as to who it actually is. Yeah, I, I mean, when it comes to that, listen, again, Keyshawn Vaughn, I think they're not going to just cut him. They're not going to get rid of him. Second year back, I think he could have a role in this offense. Maybe, maybe not. Could be one of those Tyler Johnson situations where he might not see the touches, the reception numbers, anything that you want to see out of a second year guy right away because this team is win now. It really is. It's in a win now mode. You have the players, you have the wide receivers, you have the running backs in that room to help you win. They're not just going to go searching for, oh, what talent is Keyshawn Vaughn? What talent does Tyler Johnson bring to the table? They know what they got in their big guys. They're going to stick with that for this season. But let's get back to the mock draft now. So I took Leonard Fournette. Jack, you're on the clock. Yeah, so this seems kind of interesting here because I'm pretty filled out with my roster. I have Josh Allen at the top. I have Nick Chubb, Miles Sanders, DeAndre Hopkins, and Adam Thielen. So I'm set at receiver. I'm set at running back. I'm set at quarterback. So where do I go? And I'm going to reach here because we're, what, the middle of the sixth round now? So this is, we're getting up there. I don't think he, he might not be there at the turnaround. So I'm going to reach for a tight end here. This is one of my favorite players on the board this season. And this is a reach. You can get him later in your drafts, but Logan Thomas is being extremely undervalued right now. He's going as the fifth or sixth tight end off the board in most drafts. No, not even less. No, no he's lower. going as like the 10th tight the end. 10th? I've seen fifth and six. You're saying the 10th. If that's the fifth ridiculous. and six, whoa, wait, the fifth and six. So you're taking him over Hawkinson and Mark Andrews. No, you're yeah, not. That's, that's six. Well, that's then you're saying right Pitts there. is top five too. Yeah. I guess yeah. that makes sense. That's or, not or top happening. six, top six. Yeah. I would take not, him. He's not going top six. No, but I think he should. And you, you look at the numbers and with the quarterback improvement this season. So Logan Thomas, he finished as the tight end three last season in terms of fantasy points. According to fantasy data, he had just six touchdowns, but he had 110 targets, 70 catches, 670 yards. 
and most of his points came at the end of the season last year. In weeks 15 and 16, he combined for 28 targets. He was a machine. He produced in their playoff game. Logan Thomas with Ryan Fitzpatrick. We're thinking Terry McLaurin's going to get a large portion of the targets and a large portion um, of the of the potential improvement in terms of quarterback situation. I think Logan Thomas is an even bigger candidate to do that because he's a big target. He's getting into his own now. And he, he's scoring. If he sees positive touchdown regression, now six touchdowns, that's an average number for our tight end. I, I think, think I can't see it going higher, especially with the addition of Curtis Samuel to that offense. And I'm like, I've been I saying, could see it go, so I could see it hitting double digits. Look, it, when, once you get past, once you get past those top six tight ends, right, you start getting into tiers that are very, very, very risky, right? Those top six tight ends, obviously, there might be some risk associated with four through six but I don't think it's crazy. Kyle Pitts being the riskiest of them. But then I've got Logan Thomas at 10 personally, because I'd rather take a shot and miss on a Mike Kosicki and Irv Smith Jr. And a Noah Fant than hit on a Logan Thomas, because I know that Logan Thomas, I can, I can, I can give you a pretty good idea of what Logan Thomas is going to do. He's probably going to finish as a low end to mid tier tight end one. He's going to be solid. I can't well, he finish as a high end tight end one last year though. That's, sure, that's the issue. Sure, but there are high better, end tight but, end one but, last year. And I don't think his ceiling's other, any lower. But I, but a lot of other tight ends have a lot better ceilings right now. And I'd rather take a shot on one of those guys at this point than take a Logan Thomas. So you're telling me Logan Thomas who finished yes. as according to fancy days, tight end three last. Yes, season. he did. I, you're I saying know, that you're saying that Mike Kosicki has a higher ceiling than tight end yes. three next yes. season. Yes. Ooh, I don't know about that one. I would draft Logan Thomas in my top six tight ends. I think he's, I, I have him over Hawkinson. I don't, well, maybe I should oh, say, no, I don't, I don't think, I don't think Logan Thomas has a ceiling of tight end three. You, you're saying tight end three, Jack, you know, between tight end three and tight end six, the difference was like half a point, right? I don't think Logan Thomas has the ceiling of tight end three next season. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that Mike Kosicki necessarily has the ceiling, though I could see a scenario where that happens. I'm not saying that that's what I think will happen. I'm just saying, I think it's likely that Mike Kosicki, Irv Smith Jr., or Noah Fant reach a higher ceiling than Logan Thomas, even though Logan Thomas is a safer floor. I'd rather take the risk on one of those guys. I mean, both Logan Thomas, TJ Hawkinson averaged exactly but again, points per game in PPR last season. Jack, I, I really, with the weapons, what Washington has done with their offense, I get it's an improvement overall, but when you look at what the Lions did or didn't do, they didn't really supply Jared Goff with the weapons to challenge TJ Hawkinson for a number one role in that offense. I think Hawkinson could have a thousand yards receiving next season. Yep. And I, I, absolutely Logan Thomas now, I, I don't, I don't know if I would even say, I think he could, I, I think the better question is how much more than a thousand yards receiving will he have? Ooh. Because who else is, who else is going to catch the ball? On. Are you going to sit here and say Quintus Cephas is going to have a thousand yard receiving season? Amon Ross St. Brown is a rookie, a fourth round rookie. God, you, there's a chance they don't have any a thousand yard receivers next season. With, with a solid offensive line and Jared Goff throwing the ball. No way. No way. Jared Goff's a solid quarterback, especially behind a decent yeah, line. They're de- sure. That's all that you need to have some. He provided a lot of value to Cooper Cup and to Robert Woods. And if you don't think that he's going to provide value to that receiving core in some way, I mean, then you're wrong. And the most likely person to receive that value is far and okay, away okay, TJ okay. Hawkinson. So TJ Hawkinson, what competition did TJ Hawkinson have last year? He had Kenny Galladay. 
Well, Kenny Galladay was hurt. Okay, he had Marvin Jones. He had Marvin, Jones. He had Marvin, he had Marvin Jones. Jones as his competition last year. And he, and he was still 723 about- receiving yards. You're telling me he's going to get 8,000 receiving yards yes. this year when he had Marvin Jones as his top competition and he's uh, now downgraded at quarterback um, with Matthew um, Stafford? No, no, no. Yes. Because half, listen to me, half the season, who was starting at quarterback? Because you could say the same thing about Stafford yep. being playing injured out injured chase daniel was starting a quarterback you had you had a rotating door quarterback towards the end of that season and hawkinson still managed to finish as a top five tight end you you want to you want to talk about logan thomas finishing as the tight end three according to espn my uh, according to espn tj hawkinson finished as the tight end three you know why because between tight end three and tight end six the difference was half a point half a point TJ Hawkinson was just as good as Logan Thomas last year and has so much of a higher ceiling this year due to his target share, due to his potential as a young budding tight end, Logan Thomas reaching the end of his career. I know it's just kind of starting, but he's also 30 years old. TJ Hawkinson, super young, eighth overall pick, super high ceiling, going to be the top target there for that team. I want every single piece of that. Yeah, I'm just throwing it out there. You're making the Matthew Stafford injury case. Now, he was under the weather for a lot of those games. He had a thumb injury, but he did play in all 16 games last season. There was only one game, the game against Tampa Bay, that he came out early and only threw three passes. The rest of the games, he threw over 30 passes in every single one of them. Well, did you know that the thumb that was injured, I'm pretty sure, is important to throw the ball and might affect his ability to throw the ball. So I am going to attest some of the uh, lack of receiving yard numbers in Hawkinson's case to the fact that Stafford was playing a bit injured. And well, Stafford's there is completion still- percentage is 62.3%. He completed at sixty at a 64.2% rate last year. So I'm not going to totally knock him. And there, right, was well, still also, more, there was still more you can have, competition. You can have 100% completion percentage throwing two yards down the field 50 times. That says nothing. He showed yeah. his average depth of target. That's what I want to know. Yeah, completion for percentage. 4,000 yards right. last season. That's not what I'm asking. What's his average depth of target? Well, I need to calculate that. Okay, well, let's move on to the next. All right, excellent. I'll go ahead. You know what? I've picked picked a quarterback in every single pick in this round. Here's what I've determined in mock drafts. I hate, 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 hate the sixth round. I hate it. There's nobody that I want. I don't want a quarterback that's available there. Too high to reach for Matthew Stafford, even though I happily would. I don't think I should. I hate the sixth round for this very reason, because all the guys that I want next are going to be available in the seventh and eighth round, right? Who are the three guys that I want? Matthew Stafford, Zach Moss, and uh, around this range, and, and Robbie Anderson. All those guys are available in the seventh and eighth round. So I, I have I to really honestly, reach for it, one of them. It depends on what situation you're in. But for me, like I, I reached a little bit in this draft, but I think sixth round is where Robbie Anderson should go. That's yeah, where and, I think he should go. That's his spot. No, and I, I and I'm gonna start taking those guys like that because I just I hate I don't like any of the value in the sixth round according to Yahoo Fantasy Drafts according to ESPN I just right. according to ADP I don't like any of the guys I'm gonna go ahead and take a quarterback here again another guy who won't be on the board Lamar Jackson oh. got Rashad Bateman I love Rashad Bateman for the year he's my wide receiver 28 I I mean you're you're getting him in this in the 16th round in mock drafts I've gotten him in. Yahoo mock drafts for whatever reason don't go to the 16th round, but I've gotten Rashad Bateman in the 15th round multiple times in Yahoo mock drafts. It's it's been really amazing, and that's my wide receiver four or five. Oftentimes, I think he's going to be a wide receiver three with wide receiver with legitimate wide receiver two upside. Just throwing it out there, Matthew Stafford's yards gained per pass attempt was 7.7 last season, which was the third highest of his career. So that was just a side note. Can you pull up Jared Goff's? average uh target numbers 
it's, like, yeah. how far he's throwing it's, it's going to be a lot less. I'll tell you that. Significant well, but less. You also heard my argument. If you combine Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett stats, you have yourself like a legitimate tight end one. And now you have an even better tight end there with no other receiving competition. So and you well, just said a name that I think we should be given more love. I'm not going to draft him here, but Tyler Higby. I mean, he goes in the 80s, like 84, 85 in Yahoo drafts. You got Stafford going to L.A. And yeah. Gerald Everett's in Seattle now. So there is oh, yeah. no competition for Tyler Higby to break out as that team's number one tight end. Just a name to watch. Just putting it out there. It, it really wasn't that big a difference between Goff and Stafford. Last year, Goff threw 7.2 yards. Gain, he had 7.2 yards gained per attempt, so half a, half a yard less. So not significantly less. I like to hear that. I like to hear that. I'm up next here, and this team has Hawkinson on it. Uh, I have Hawkinson, Evans, Harris, Ridley, and Kamara. So I am set at wide receiver, set at tight end, set at uh, tight end, so or running back. So uh, you stole Lamar Jackson right under my feet. I, it's it's my pick. third quarterback this round. I just I I don't like the sixth round. I hate it. I hate the sixth round. So you know what? I I might have to pull the rug under you. Listen, our, our drafts are always going to be different than what you see in Yahoo and ESPN because we're going off the boards that we see in front of us and not the boards that we're seeing uh, on draft day. So I'm going to take Matthew Stafford here with this team. I'm going to take Stafford. Uh, he's my next highest quarterback. Behind yeah, mine too. Tight. I am at six. I, I do am too. at six. I like Matthews. I have him and Justin Herbert back-to-back. Uh, I'm going with Stafford here, and that is until – the Los Angeles Chargers land Julio Jones. And then of course, Justin Herbert would be the pick here. Stafford surprisingly goes much later than I thought he would 92nd overall. That's his ADP in Yahoo right now. And Justin Herbert, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, those guys are getting drafted. Even Jalen hurts. Those guys are getting drafted in a chunk range between 68 and 73. So you, you have some nice value there. If you wait an extra round and a half to grab Stafford, and then maybe you take a shot on a rookie running back like Javante Williams in that stopgap. Maybe you end up having yourself a, a nice little RB2 there for the season and a QB1 in Matthew Stafford. All right. Oh, I might continue the quarterback trend here. Has Dak gone yet? Or am I crazy? He has. He went last, second yep. to last pick of last episode. I took gotcha. Him. That's why I missed it. Yeah. Then I'll go to my next best quarterback. Given the situation right now, he's still there. I'll go Aaron Rodgers at the moment. I think. I, I mean, Wherever he ends up, it's going to yeah. be good. It, it exactly. doesn't matter where he goes. I mean, he's not going to – at this point, you know, they're, he's not going to get traded to a terrible team, like, if he does get traded. You know, the only question is, is Green Bay going to refuse to trade him and he's going to sit out the season? That's the, the thing you're grappling with. If you draft Aaron Rodgers, I'd take a shot on Jordan Love uh, in, like, the 16th round. I don't even know if he's – like, if – I, I wouldn't recommend handcuffing a quarterback. Like, well, why even would you rather have Jordan love be honest? Would you rather have Jordan love starting 17 games? Or if this were to happen, Justin Fields starting 17 games for fantasy. Oh, Justin have, Fields. Justin yeah. Fields. That's, that's why I'd rather take. You'll have them both on waivers at the end of your draft, or you should have exactly. them both on waivers yeah. at the end so, of your draft. So don't, don't handcuff Rogers. Okay. They're, they're way. I, I, I can't imagine ever ranking love inside the top 25 for quarterbacks, at least at the beginning of the season. No way. That's fair. That's Don't see fair. that happen. All right, Lucas, you're up. Yeah, absolutely. So this team, all right, I've got, it, it, no, I didn't have the first pick. I had the third pick. So I, uh, so speaking of, this is the team where I took Travis Kelsey at third overall, like I like to do. 
I actually did a couple mock drafts this week where I had the third overall pick in both in both drafts. And one of them, I took Travis Kelsey and one of them, I didn't take Travis Kelsey to see what exactly would happen. I just, I'm going to have to move Travis Kelsey down because in the second, it's like, here's, here's the question that you have to answer. If I'm drafting with you guys, Travis Kelsey's not going to move down. Right. I, I mean, because, or if I'm drafting with people who know the value of tight ends, but you can get Darren Waller in the fourth round. Yeah. I started the draft. What do, you, what do you prefer? Starting off the draft with Derrick Henry and George Kittle or Travis Kelsey and DeAndre Swift? Like, I don't think it's particularly close. So, you know, it's just, it's just unfortunate because, I mean, it's actually not unfortunate. It's pretty great that we can get George Kittle and Darren Waller as late. But anyways, I took Travis Kelsey first overall uh, or third overall, I guess, first, first on this team. Keenan Allen, Miles Gaskin, CeeDee Lamb, Melvin Gordon. That's uh, quite the quite the roster that we're filling and out. I, I just here. want to put this out there. The past few tweets, I've just done this just for fun, uh, yeah. asking people who they want as their RB2 next season and throwing out, you know, the names that we see in this range with uh, Kareem Hunt and Mike Davis and, and Melvin Gordon. And every time I include Melvin Gordon, I think someone said, uh, stop including Melvin Gordon. You're doing this just to get – uh, just to clickbait people into saying not to put Melvin Gordon in there. People don't see Melvin Gordon as a legitimate RB2 next season. And I'm kind of with them at this point. Yeah. I mean, it just depends on what happens with Javante Williams. He's going to have a role, whether, whether it's the same situation we saw with Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor last year, where I said that Jonathan Taylor would take over as a starter. Okay. Marlon Mack tore his ACL. And no, I'm not. No, I'm not saying, well, I draft when I drafted Jonathan Taylor okay. as my third running back in the league that I was in with you guys, I said, I'm only doing this knowing that Jonathan Taylor will be the starter week eight onward. That's the only reason that I did it. And I think some people are doing that with Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon. You know, one of the reasons why we liked him when there was no competition there on the contract year was that he was going to ball out and he was going to do his own thing. Now he's on a contract year. Well, maybe the Broncos don't see a need to use him and they want to see what they got in Javante Williams before they potentially let Melvin Gordon walk in free agency. But that's interesting because I would I I actually think it's the opposite. I think they saw that Melvin Gordon's on a contract year, don't want to re-sign him, are gonna run him into the ground because of that. Exactly. And then would use Javante Williams more. No, run Melvin Gordon into the ground. Oh, that would mean that they to. they want to see what they have in Javante Williams at that point. Knowing no. that they can bring Gordon back, why play him? Because they they have a free because they have a free running back. They're not going to kill a man's career just for the fun of it. That's your base. They're they're going to use. They want to see. They drafted a young running back in Javante. To have when Melvin Gordon's gone, like not not. Offense also isn't good enough to sustain, especially right now. Is not great enough to sustain. Uh, I don't know. Look, I, I've got I've got Melvin Gordon and Josh Jacobs in that same tier at the very, very back end of RB2. And I, I don't love either of them, but I, I think that if you wait on a running back in the fifth round, like I mean, I guess Josh Jacobs goes before the fifth round, but Melvin Gordon, I would I would take a flyer on in the fifth round, as I did with this team. Um, I'll go ahead and draft my man Cortland Sutton here. Uh, I, again, don't love any of the options, so we'll just go ahead and take Corlin Sutton, my wide receiver, 23. Um, I mean, we know that I love Sutton, so no need to really talk about this pick much. Yeah, as you can see at this point, Jack drafted DJ Moore at pick 58, and Cortland Sutton falls here to pick 70. And Yahoo right now, DJ Moore is ranked inside the top 50. Cortland Sutton somewhere in the mid-70s for wide receivers. Really excellent value you get in there. All right, I'm up with this team. I love this team. Dalvin Cook, Terry McLaurin, Jonathan Taylor, Robbie Anderson, Mike Davis. This is a team of my guys. This feels like a my guy team right here. Looking at the board, I don't have a quarterback yet. I'm going to stick 
with the uh oh man i know you guys don't draft quarterbacks and then you do draft quarterbacks i am i'm gonna do it i'm gonna take him here i think this is right around where he would go yeah 71st overall i'll take justin herbert justin herbert in my opinion can push qb5 overall if julio jones ends up in la you got obviously keenan allen now you add julio jones you have austin eckler to the backfield that team made sure that their offensive line was set for justin herbert taking some guys in the draft Rashawn slater being one of them I think this team is primed for a bounce back season, losing Anthony Lynn at head coach, bringing in a different offensive mind there, a different offensive system for Justin Herbert to operate in. You have now he can go through training camp. He can go through the preseason. He can work out any kinks that he has to do. I think I know Lucas, we, we've talked about it so many times, the sophomore slump and the possibilities of, you know, Justin Herbert, the league getting acclimated to his play style and maybe figuring him out. And I've said it before, I think the counterpoint to that, I think you're going to see a new offensive system and a different Justin Herbert and honestly a better Justin Herbert, one where Anthony Lynn doesn't decide to run the ball with uh, Joshua Kelly 15 times in a row and not let Herbert sling it downfield. It just doesn't make sense. And my God, you add, I mean, that's, Julio, Jones, you add Julio Jones to that mix and it is only going to be fireworks. I will say, if, yeah, I mean, if Julio gets added, Justin Herbert will move up a little bit. Um, but, you know, all that being said, I mean, it's going it, to, one of two things is going to happen Justin Herbert's either going to be insane or he's going to be a little bit worse than he was last year. At the end of the day, no matter what, he's not going to be bad. Like and if no he's way. A little bit Justin worse Herbert than last year. He's still a QB one. He's still I've got him. I've got him at QB twelve overall. I really think that shows his range. I do not think he won't be a QB one. And if Julio Jones goes there, I would even move him up a spot or two. But when it comes to you know, do I think he's going to be as good as last year? I mean, we'll see. It'll depend on if that sophomore slump actually happens i think it's the reverse i think justin jefferson might might regress a little bit but i think herbert's only getting started hey i respect i respect it i respect the opinion all right jack all right so this team is probably most representative of my actual like legitimate strategy that i usually take into draft day because right now i don't have a quarterback yet which i'll hit on that later i have two solid running backs i have christian mccaffrey and deandre swift i believe that's a solid one-two punch i have alan robinson consistent wide receiver. I love my consistent wide receivers. I have Kyle Pitts and I have Kareem Hunt. I have my backup running back already who can get me 10 to 15 points a game. I have everything I need, right? I don't have that second receiver spot filled. So what I'm going to do now is with my next four picks, and I'm probably going to regret telling you guys this, but this is what I'll typically do on draft day. I'm going to draft for wide receivers with my next three or four picks here. Just, I'm going to dart throw. I'm going to try to find, I'll have a couple consistent guys. I love a couple guys who are boomer bust. I'm going to try to find that wide receiver too right. that I can take into week three or four. I know one of the guys you're taking right here. I know it already. I know yeah. one of the guys that's going right. My here. first one's Antonio going. Bro. No, Bro. has Chase has Chase Claypool gone yet? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm going with Chase Claypool I, I, here. That's a great look. That's a great pick. And as as we this this off season has gone on, I've started to like Chase Claypool more and more and more, and like Deontay Johnson less and less and less. Because here's the thing, if Deontay Johnson starts dropping the ball again, it's not going to take long for Chase Claypool to take over as the number one wide receiver. It won't be Juju. It will be Claypool. As soon as that happens, Claypool is suddenly a steal and potential wide receiver one. Well, here's the thing. Even if I take Claypool, I don't even know that he's going to be my wide receiver two going into the season at this point. The wide receiver core 
in the NFL currently is just that deep in terms of fantasy that with my next four picks, any of these guys week one could wind up being my starting wide receiver. But I think Claypool, as you're saying, Lucas has the most potential yep. by the end of the year to be a wide receiver one. Yep. I love it. I love it. I've moved him up like 10 spots the past week. He's at, he's my wide receiver 32 right there. Smack in the middle of the wide receiver three tier. He has so much, so much, so much upside. Yeah. I got him at wide receiver 34, but he is constantly moving up my rankings. All right, Jack, I think you have the back-to-back picks here, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, you're right, because this was my first overall. So I'll go with my next pick here, and that's going to be Antonio Brown. It's the other guy Lucas was oh, saying. Was I'm going to snag her here, just snag him here, just to make sure that I he doesn't go out of my grasp because I'm not coming back around I with this team. You that no one would take him away from you, Jack. At this point, I mean, we're at what, round seven now? That's in no. a 12 team. I mean, league, I'm not, I won't. I won't touch him pro- before probably round 10, even if I were to grab him. I will say Antonio So you're valuing Brown, him at the 120 range? Yeah, I mean, that, there, are multi, there, are, there are wide – I would – I'll say it now because I'm considering it with my next pick. I would rather Jamar Chase over Antonio Brown. I consider I, that. I, like I have – I do – I don't know if I have Jamar Chase. No, I've got him a couple spots below Antonio Brown. I have moved Antonio Brown up a little bit, um, but – you know, because I, I just, I know the production is going to be there at least to an extent, but there's still a lot of guys that rather take shots on. That's why I like him. If, if With this running back court, with the Christian McCaffrey as my starting running back, if I go in with Antonio Brown as my wide receiver too, he's really not losing me games going into next season. The target numbers are going to be sustainable enough and high but, enough. But, but I, I mean, I know we talked about losing games and this guy kind of falls right into that category, but why not Tyler Lockett right here? That's because I got my, my boomer bust guy is Claypool. So okay. I, so I went with my boomer bust guy. Now I want my consistent guy. I'll come back around in the eighth round and probably take another boomer bust guy. And then a consistent guy again. It's what I'm going to keep doing, but I need to make I sure say, I have that consistent guy first. I will say, around while he doesn't seem consistent, he was consistent last year. I will say if I'm going with a consistent guy, I'd rather grab a Juju Smith Schuster or a Jarvis Landry, and but that, Antonio and Brown's. It's funny you say that because I was thinking the same exact thing, but then I'm like, well, he just took Claypool. There's no way he's taking two Steelers wide receivers. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Like I probably would have gone with Juju and Jamar Chase as Jamar Chase is my boomer bust. Juju is my consistent guy. Yeah, I probably I probably would have gone with I probably would have gone with Juju and Bateman if I were going to do that strategy right here. Bateman's ADP is one one. That's a good point. Don't need to do it. Trust me. You you wait it out. Wait it. Never mind. Bring him up two rounds early. Wait it out though. He's going to be worth it. Yeah, do that. All right. You're right. You're right. So now, so now I'm up here. And did I spoil my next pick? I don't know, because I'm going back and forth on two guys. This one guy certainly is not going to be here on the wraparound. But if you guys have Jamar Chase relatively higher than I thought you guys might, then I'm going to take him right here. Other wide receivers on this team, as I said before, Terry McLaurin and Robbie Anderson. I want that high upside. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Drafting Jamar Chase was not the best move in real life for the Bengals, but for fantasy and Joe Burrow, it made all the sense in the world. I love the fit. I think easily, I listen, I love T Higgins. I really do. I like T Higgins a lot. I have Jamar Chase right now. I want to confirm this. Yeah, Jamar Chase is the highest Bengals wide receiver I have ranked. I have Jamar Chase above the rest. I have I them think, back to back. I well, can't, I have, I right, can't right, decide. I, have, I can't I have decide. three spots behind him. Okay. Right? I, I can't. Like four spots behind him. But like they're close. But I just love the uh, the upside. Uh, if there's one guy that I want to just have all the upside of in this draft, it's Jamar Chase with Joe Burrow. 
See, I have Chase a little bit lower just because that receiving core is so crowded to me at this point. And I think two of the three pop out as we saw it last year, right? We saw two of the three be productive receivers with AJ Green, Tyler Boyd, and T. Higgins. And I think the same thing's going to happen this year. The question is who's going to fall out. I think the most likely is that Tyler Boyd falls out of contention. But there's also a chance that Jamar Chase works his way in slowly and he doesn't produce for you at the front half of the season. And then back half of the season, he'll be great. I, well, I don't I'll, think there's I'll, a scenario where none of the season he's bad. I think for the front, he could work his way in slowly with Tyler Boyd fading out towards the end of the year. And then all three, and then well, all three of them produce yeah, at some point in the season, but I don't know consistently that Chase is the guy right away. Well, I'm fine with him as my wide receiver three, because I can come back on the wraparound and maybe I'll grab, you know, someone more reliable. He already took Antonio Brown. That could have been a guy that I paired him with, but maybe I take, I don't know, a Jarvis Landry, like Lucas said, if he's still sitting there, I think that's a, that's a consistent guy that you can rely on uh, once you get to that range. But Lucas, I think you're up right now. Yeah, speaking of consistent guys, I'm taking Juju right here. Juju Smith-Schuster in the seventh yeah. round is an absolute steal. I've got some risky receivers on this team. I've got, I mean, as much as I love C.D. Lamb, there's a little bit of a risk factor with him. Cortland Sutton, there, there's, you know, there, there's a little bit of risk with him. Risk regardless with of, Sutton, I think of what I think. I, I still yeah. love Cortland Sutton, but like, I mean, you know, I, I think objectively I see less, I mean, I see less risk than most people, but objectively there is some risk. I've got Keenan Allen there. So, so good in that category, but I'll throw Juju in here make sure that I at least have a solid guy who can get me points week to week and probably be around a low end wide receiver too. It's funny. You say you got to steal on Juju. He usually goes a little bit lower than this. Wow. Uh, I mean, yeah. it is, that is a steal. That ADP is a steal. Right. No, you're right about that. Certainly. I think you're getting, uh, obviously what we saw with Juju last year, I think is what we'll see more consistently out of him. And that's playing like a tight end. He's not running deep routes. He's not the big shot guy because they have two of those. They have Deontay Johnson. They have Chase Claypool. Juju Smith-Schuster is not the guy that's going to be a burner, run downfield and catch those big touchdowns. He's going to be the guy that Ben looks underneath. He's going to be the guy that's going to be maybe running five yards downfield, boom, catch, go down. And if you can get 10 points out of Juju every single week as your wide receiver three, you'll take that 100%, especially if you go a little bit riskier, like you said, Lucas, with CeeDee Lamb as your wide receiver two. Jack, you are on the clock. Yeah, this is a tough one. I was, I was waiting for it. I was trying to stall as long as possible because I think I need to go running back here. Um, I don't see us. I need a backup because I have Derrick Henry and Chris Carson. My receiving course stacked. I have Cooper, Julio Jones, and Deontay there are, Johnson. There are two names here that you should, two names and two, um, three names tops that you should be looking at, especially with what you have currently. With what I have currently, there are three names here that you should be looking at. I think I might be missing them because I'm not seeing the value at this round, but I think I'm going to go with, I can tell you the three running backs that I'm looking at would all be gone right now in a regular draft. Yeah. I'm going to go with Ronald Jones. I don't know if that's the guy you're looking at, but he, he was fourth in my head. Not mm-hmm. one of the three I was thinking of. Cause I, I like some of the other upside of the guys that are still available, but yes, Ronald Jones here. I mean, we talked enough about him earlier. Yeah. Um, makes sense. Kind of makes yeah. sense. He, he's got the potential to be a running back or top tier running back on my team. I mean, it might not happen. Leonard Fournette, Giovanni Bernardo there. We talked about it earlier, but hypothetically one injury or one cut or one anything away. And Ronald Jones is going to be seen running back one touches. Yeah. I mean, oh, again, we talked about it. It's, it's been laid all out on the line. I think you're right about that uh again won't see the ppr numbers that you really want to out of a guy especially in this setting but that's all right and with my pick here i'm also it's 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 my pick no i think so because it goes jack 
No, because we, we wrapped around. We wrapped around, so now it's it's Shane. That's right. That's right. That's on me. Come on now. Come on. Uh, I am going to also take a running back. Jack, I'm going to put out two names just so the people know what I'm thinking right now. It's between Javante Williams because I want that upside. I, I really do want that upside. Uh, I see you shaking your head. It's a perfect guy to have as your RB3 on your team for the upside. That's fair. Right, right here, I would be looking at uh, Zach Moss potentially, but of course someone <clears throat> pulled him a bit too too high up the board it's between him and james robinson a guy who literally was overall 15 in my rankings and you know what i'm going to take james robinson right here his i ADP, didn't think of that his adp is usually in the sixth round uh so i got him at a little bit of a discount here because you guys maybe just wrote him off because of etienne but like i said earlier james robinson is still going to carve out a role for himself in this offense and if he does remotely close to the what RB four overall numbers that he put up last year, even if with that addition of Etienne, if he's a top 15 running back that I'm getting here outside the top 20, 25, 100%. I'll take that every single day of the week as my third running back. Yes, sir. I was going to say, if he's top 20 next year, you're, you're looking at a great price there for yeah, James Robinson. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, admittedly he's lower in my rankings than he should be, which I'll have to fix, but I don't know. I mean, we've talked about it earlier it just no scares me. Write them off. There's no way that they just write them no, off. No, you're right. You're right. One probably. I mean, to be fair, it's a new head coach. It's it's a new era there in Jacksonville, and weirder things have happened. The Javante Williams pick scares me. I don't think I'd touch him here. As an so, RB, with the number I, with I, the I, names I, on the board, no. I went with. Robinson I can understand. I can understand why you did it. I I'd, I'd probably prefer Michael Carter if I'm going to do that, but I can understand why you did it. I went with Robinson because I already had Najee Harris on this team. So there was no need for me to take two risks on two rookie running backs right away. Yeah. I'll go with Robinson. All yeah. Right, now you're- Excellent. Well, I'm going to take the guy that I was planning on taking um, when I thought it was my pick. And that's going to be my tight end one for this team. And Mike Kosicki, I think this is a solid spot for Mike Kosicki seventh round here. Um, and I don't have a tight end and every other position is really filled out on this team. So I mean, again, a little bit of a risk, but I'll take the shot. I think Mike Kosicki is going to have a big year. Yeah, Mike Kosicki typically goes in this range maybe a little bit later. He's in that same uh, tier as Dallas Goddard and Noah Fant and Tyler Higbee. He's, he's smushed in together with those guys. You know, we, one of them's going to take that step up to be a top five tight end potentially if, if that big three has a crack in it or Kyle Pitts doesn't live up to Jack's sky-high potential. So there's definitely room for for one of those guys and and – Lucas, you and I see the same thing. I love Gusecki too. You kind of stole him. I was hoping he lasts to my next team here. All right, Jack. Yep, I'm up here. So I think I'm going to go receiver. I need a flex. I'm everywhere else I'm covered with this team. So quarterbacks covered, running backs are covered with Chubb and Sanders, Hopkins, Thielen, Logan Thomas. I love this team. I'm looking pretty good here. So let's take the perfect flex. That is Tyler Lockett. He's a boomer bust guy. He can win me a game. He can put up 50 points. He can put up 40 points. He could put up tons of catches and he put up 20 catches in a game. But there's also a chance he busts because he busts often. So why not throw him in your flex? The worst he's going to do is five points. That's about what you're usually looking at with the flex. And you have the crazy high ceiling. I don't love him as a backup wide receiver, but I trust Hopkins and Thielen to stay healthy. I'll go with a more consistent option later. And I'll throw Tyler Lockett in as my flex at the beginning of the year. And hopefully he wins me a game or two. Yeah, Tyler Lockett definitely goes before this. He's round five ADP, but this is just how this is how we view him. We view him as a boomer bust guy who has shown plenty of flashes, shown obviously the, the 50 point PPR potential, but that second half non-surge 
went in the total opposite direction, in my opinion, completely tanked his stock coming into the season, regardless of what the end number says. That's why not everything always come, you know, you, you look at that yeah. number, what overall wide receiver 10, something like inside the top 10 through 16 weeks and like number 10 through 17 weeks, he, he fell off a cliff hard. And for some people legitimately lost them their season because you felt, oh my gosh, I can't not start Tyler Lockett because of what I've seen in the past. Jack, that's why you're going with your boomer bust strategy here. But also I can't, you know, I'm losing games because of him. I'm losing games starting him as my wide receiver one, wide receiver two. I don't know what to do. And for that reason, I, I really don't feel comfortable drafting him as a top two wide receiver on my team. It just does if, not. Yeah. If, if you're drafting him in the fifth round, you're drafting him with the wide receiver two value, and that's going to bite you in the butt so hard. Oh, flex play? Great. Great spot to draft him. Wide receiver two, don't touch him. All right. It is my turn now. This team, I, I like the start of this team, and it kind of tailed off, and I'm not a huge fan. Got Eckler, got A.J. Brown, got Michael Thomas. Beautiful start. Beautiful start. Went with Patrick Mahomes. Didn't really need to do that, especially with some of the quarterbacks that are still on the board, but just wanted to be the first one to take him. Got a nice selection in Godwin in the fifth round and then Leonard Fournette last round. I'm not loving the Fournette pick as much as I thought I would, so I'm going to take that risk. You guys won't pull the trigger. I will. Javante Williams is off the board. He was my 69th overall player. Uh, there's still one player that I have inside my top 65, or I guess I should say top 70 that has not gone yet that seems to be slipping quite a bit amongst us. But Javante Williams, uh, we've already talked about the Broncos' backfield. He has that potential to take over if they decide to shift gears from Melvin Gordon at some point in the season. And if he's going to be that team's RB1, you're getting an RB1 here in the later rounds. I'll take that as the third guy on my team with that upside. I mean, you know my thoughts on on that backfield, Javante Williams. I'm, I'm less certain that he's going to have much of a role but this year, but of course I could be wrong. Um, so I, I like the upside. I mean, the, the upside is definitely there if he does have that role. I think he's a talented running back, a little bit young, a little bit raw, absolutely, was a linebacker in high school and is only 20 years old right now, so definitely a lot to learn, which is why I think Melvin Gordon won't be as impacted, but the upside is absolutely there. So definitely can't knock the pick for that, Shane. All right, that's that. That's a, we're out of time now. Well, we have a few more. Yeah, I was going to say, aren't we right at the end? Isn't it like your pick and then we're done with this? Yeah, let's just wrap up these last four picks. Come on. Oh, okay. All right, fine, fine, fine. All right, well, we got to speed through these then. I've got, on this team, we've got Dak Prescott, a couple, oh, Josh Jacobs. I don't really like to see that. Zeke, though. ah, Man, I got to go RB2. Um, I is it, would it be bad to take Kenyon Drake here and and get have both Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs? I feel like that'd be terrible because he's not like a handcuff. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like that'd be bad. I'm a little surprised he's still here. I don't know where you guys have him ranked, but I'm a little surprised. I have him at 28. Yeah, I'll take him. I'll take him. Why not? Let's do Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs. You know, one of those guys is probably going to be fantasy relevant, probably. So, you know, I'll, I'll whichever one is, I'll I'll take it. With that offensive line, good luck. Yeah, it's okay. I, I kind of waited on RB2 too long. But it's going to be week to week. You have to start one of those guys. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, thank you. Right, yeah, I need a quarterback on this team, which is an issue because I don't know if I should take a quarterback here. But I think I'm going to. And I will go with a guy who tailed off at the end of last year. And I don't like this pick but he's the only one that really provides me value here unless I reach for Ryan Tannehill or Matt Ryan, and I'm not going to do either of those things. So I think I'm going to go, unless I'm missing a name here, the next best quarterback on my board is Russell Wilson. So I'll go with Russell Wilson. 
I'll reach for that. It's not a reach. I'll probably grab Tannehill later with this team. I'm. I thought you were a Jalen Hurts guy. I was not as much as I am a big uh, Russell Wilson guy. No. But, I'm actually not a big. I'm actually a way low on Russell Wilson. I was gonna say why, at this value, why, I think I have to take it. I, I I disagree. If you don't like a guy, even if his value is two spots, two rounds below where he should be going, don't take him. You're gonna hate yourself. You're gonna be like, oh, I knew it. I like Jalen Hurts. I liked Ryan Tannehill. I should have went with him. Yeah. That's why I never. I don't. I don't want to ever regret a pick. Well, here's my thing. There, this we're talking about my strategies. There is something I will do with a lot of teams, and it's usually late in later rounds. But if my roster's filling out and I don't see the value otherwise, I will do this sometimes. Um, I'll take two stud quarterbacks, so Wilson, and then I'll come back around with a Tannehill or a Jalen Hurts, and I'll trade the better one um, early in the season. I usually you you guys saw it last year. I, I usually trade quarterbacks around. I, I, week I three, know week we four, talked about so. that, but I hate banking on trades. I know, I but you're always trade. you're always going to have somebody that needs a quarterback week three or week four, and then you trade one of those guys away, or yeah. if one of them doesn't work out, you're fine. So yeah, but I still don't like it. Banking on trades banks on too many factors that you can't control. Disagree. Disagree. Not with quarterbacks. With quarterbacks, it's safe. I do it all the time. I do it every single year. All right. Good, good for you. Good for you. Thank I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to not take a quarterback here. Even though I need a quarterback, I'm going to, I'm going to say that for the next round that we do in the next episode, I'm going to take Earth Smith Jr. I'll save, I'll save you guys the time. Earth Smith Jr. is the next highest tight end on my, on my board. Oh, is he frozen for you? Yeah, too? he's frozen for me too. Dang, oh, he's I'll frozen. Continue. Look, I'll continue what he's saying. Irv Smith Jr. is the next best tight end on the board. My board as well. He's taking him here because Irv Smith Jr. should, with Kyle Rudolph gone there, have an opportunity to take a step up in that offense. And, you know, entering, what, his third season now, fourth season, something like that. He's got a a big opportunity. He's a really good pass-catching tight end and and someone with a solid amount of upside. So that's, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm with him on that pick. That's a good pick. If he didn't take him here, there's a high chance I would have taken him with this pick because, oh, no, never mind. I have Mark Andrews, so I would not have taken him. But Oh, he's back. He's back. Like Shane's it. back. You wow. froze. But I, I I explained exactly why you took Irv Smith Jr. here because he's you the next the size tight end on my board, I heard, too. So. I heard it all. I heard it all. You saved the day. You, I don't need to say anything more. Irv Smith Jr., there's my guy. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely love it. And I will end the day with my next pick. I have no idea who I'm going to take. This is exciting for me. You know what, Jack? I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to take some advice for you and I'm going to take Jalen Hurts here when I already have no. Kyler Murray. I also just mildly because I figured you'd want to come back around with Jalen Hurts. So, Jalen Hurts is who I'm taking. I'm going to have two stud quarterbacks and I'm going to trade one to you when you need it. Sound good, Jack? It's fine. I'm taking Ryan Tannehill. Shane walked okay. out of the room. I don't know what's going on. I mean, that's fine. It's, it's First fine. he was I, frozen, now he's not even there. I've got. If you can't got, tell we're recording this remotely because we're not in the same place. Bye, Shane. Oh, hi, Shane. Oh, sorry. My brother turned on the fan. If you can hear it, I'm going to wrap it up right now. We're done here on the Face Football Laboratory. You can check us out on our website, fflaboratory.com. You can check us out on Twitter and on TikTok at fflaboratory. That's at fflaboratory. For the chemist, Jack McGrath, Spitfire, Lucas Parrish. I'm the King of Trade, Shane Palma. Have a great day.